Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. And I remember a lot of pushback on Twitter going, you're a fool, you know, we're in the in the midst of this pandemic, there's going to be tens of thousands of deaths, economic carnage. We've got violence in the US. The whole world's falling apart. Why the heck would you want to go long? But that's what pushing the button is all about. And the thing here with doing that, you know, there's a simple explanation, as you touched on right at the very beginning. If the decision to go long was the wrong decision, then I know my strategies would have got me out again. It's yeah. as simple as that. This is the How to Trade Stocks Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Markets are people. People are predictable. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021 so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Nick Raj. He is the chartist, and uh, his website is thechartist.com.au. I want to make sure I say that correctly. So, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's great to be here. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I was uh, I was telling Nick ahead of time, I was checking out his Twitter bio and everything. And there's something that just rings really true with what Nick preaches. And it's keeping the the basics and the simple parts um, up to date, right? Don't forget the, uh, the, the parts that got you here. So uh, on his Twitter bio, it says, buy the strongest stocks, avoid the losers, repeat. <laughs> I agree so wholeheartedly with, wholeheartedly with that. So, so Nick, let the, let the audience know who you are and, and give us some background uh, about who you are and uh, how you got here. Sure. So you can hear from my accent that uh, I'm an Australian. Um, I've been trading for coming up to 36 years now. I started trading straight after school. I had no aspirations to trade or anything like that. I accidentally fell into it. I got a job at a stockbroking company, not for any particular reason that I wanted to work in finance. It was just a job <clears throat> that came my way at the time. And um, I was just pushing paper, nothing else. And I walked past where the private client advisors were speaking to their clients. And there was a guy that had some chart paper and he was manually doing a 
moving average crossover chart of what at the time was our equivalent to your big S&P 500 contract, not your e-mini S&P, but your big S&P 500 contract. So it was the stock index for the Australian stock market. And he was basically doing a five and 10 day moving average crossover. And I said, what are you doing? It just caught my eye. And what are you doing? He goes, well, when the red line crosses over the blue line, you buy. And when it crosses over, you sell. And I could actually see these trends and I could see how he was making money and don't forget, this was back in the glory days, pre-1987, when anything was making money. And um, so by that afternoon, I'd gone down to the local shop and bought my own graph paper and a few markers, and I started trading or started following the market and um, decided, yeah, I can do this. This looks pretty straightforward. And went to the office manager, a wily old guy who'd been around the block several times, and here I am, sort of 18 or 19, and uh, at the time, I was earning $12,000 a year. Now, this, this stock index futures uh, was $100 a point. So it was quite a big contract. And uh, I asked him if I could start trading. And he kind of gave me a, a wary look and said, oh, well, you can do whatever you want. So that's where I started trading back in 1985, late 1985. And all went well until 1987. And sure enough, yeah, I did, um, did everything and more. So my father bailed me out, learned my lessons, <laughs> and uh, away you go. Pretty standard story, but I haven't made that mistake before. Although, you know, one thing that's been rattling around in the back of my head ever since is <clears throat> when's the next 1987 going to come along? And I think we saw that last year, actually, in March. It's about as close as we've got to a 1987. But um, a lot of water under the bridge between uh, then and now, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so... I, I love on your 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 bio here, trend following since 1985. And I talked to so many traders. And at the end of the day, we, we boil it down to the, in my opinion, the best way to trade is to just go from A to B following a trend. And everyone that I talked to on the show, we were at like 500 episodes now, basically is saying the same thing, right? You're just getting on one part of the trend and getting off at the other. So tell me some of your, your background in trading. I'm sure at this point, it's not just the red line crossing the blue line, but what are we, what are we looking at these days? Whenever, whenever, I mean, you're known as the chartist. So I assume that you go through a lot of charts. Well, <clears throat> I am known as the chartist and the history to that is um, I, I, I used to work at a, uh, a, a bank that had 44 fundamental analysts and no technical analysts. And I had actually built quite a large business using technical analysis, specifically a systematic trend following model. And a lot of people took notice of the size of the business and the ease at which I could uh, build that business using that particular model. Um, and we were going to implement that um, as, as a separate kind of business within the bank. One thing led to another. And, um, you know, eventually what I wanted was some kind of a professional technical analysis service that could sit alongside a fundamental service because a lot of people do use technicals, even a lot of investors use technicals more for a timing tool. So that's really where it started. But my own personal trading is all systematic. 
and for the large majority is trend following and has certainly been trend following. So, you know, back in the late uh, 90s, I actually ran a trend following commodity fund, the CTA, and uh, we rolled that into this particular bank back in 2001, and that's when the next episode of my journey sort of started. So, from 1985 through to about 2001, 2002, I predominantly only traded futures, all trend following. But from 2001 onwards, I was able to get more into the stock side of things on a professional level. And so really, since 2001, my whole business has been trend following in stocks. So that's kind of where we are. But personally, all my trading is systematic in nature, literally all computer stuff, put my account balance into the computer, push the button. It tells me what to buy, where to buy, how many shares to buy, where to sell, the whole thing. It's all done systematically. So in terms of actually looking at charts, flicking through charts, me personally from my own trading, no, I don't do that anymore. It's all systematic in nature. The very vast majority of my trading is trend following or momentum. Um, However, I have incorporated some shorter term mean reversion style systems and even day trade systems. But in the scheme of things, they're still trading in the direction of the bigger term trend. So um, that's pretty well uh, the eight strategies I trade are a combination of momentum trend following and mean reversion. Gotcha. So would you consider yourself a turtle? Um, I wouldn't consider myself a turtle. I mean, that was a very elite group of kind of people. Um, I had a lot to do with those guys back in the day. I worked worked on the trading floor of the Sydney Futures Exchange. And uh, I used to be able to see these big orders come in and hit the market. And um, I am... I'm quite an inquisitive kind of guy. And rather than just execute these orders on behalf of these people in the pit... I kind of wanted to find out what and why they were they were hurt. These huge orders coming into the market, and a lot of them would come from the same kind of place, you know, the same price points. And I was trying to figure out, you know, what why are they here? Why are they doing that? And then um, I kind of had an understanding back then about what it was. In fact, I was given the original Schwager Market Wizards book, or my boss was given it, and she gave it to me to have a read. And that sort of piqued my interest a little bit more. And she knew some of these people. And then uh, it really all came uh, together when I was in Singapore. Again, I was on the trading floor in Singapore for a couple of years just after Nick Leeson was there and the same kind of thing. But because I was English speaking, um, I was then introduced to a lot of these guys over there and started executing their business down on that trading floor. So... It, it culminated in uh, meeting Russell Sands, not probably one of the most popular turtles out there, but he kind of piqued my interest even more, woke me up to some of the things. And from there, I studied them quite extensively. So um, very interesting bunch of people, that's for sure. And I still follow some of those guys today. And I still get a lot of inspiration, especially when your strategies are going through drawdowns and that kind of stuff you can go back and have a look at their long-term performance. Um, you know, some of these guys got track records running back to the 80s. You know, people like, um, you know, Jerry Parker, you've got David Drews, uh, quite a few of them there. And I find it actually quite um, comforting to go and look at their long-term track records if I'm going through a tough period of time saying, well, these guys are the best of the best and they, they've had some pretty poor performances and extended drawdowns and if it happens to them, well, it's going to happen to me. 
Um, I know what my system is doing. I know why it makes money. Therefore, I've just got to keep plodding along and just keep um, pushing the button, if you like. And um, yeah, so that's my history with the uh, with the turtles. That's for sure. Well, that was unexpected. <laughs> I'm yeah. uh, I'm I'm really fascinated by the turtle story, actually, um, because one of my goals this year is to read a hundred books over the year. And earlier on in the year, I was reading Covell's uh, trend following. And then um, I didn't realize that was the 2014 version and that he was on his fifth version. So I reread it, the fifth ver- the fifth version, a few weeks after that. And then I picked up his tr- his uh, Turtle Trader book and learned more about, um, you know, Jerry Parker, Le Cheval, all of them there. And then um, I read Market Wizards not long after that. And, you know, Richard Dennis was prominently featured inside of Market Wizards. And uh, I'm just fascinated by the story. A couple of reasons. Number one, Jerry Parker is actually on a podcast very frequently, about once a month. Uh, he's on a different podcast called the uh, Systematic Investors Podcast. Yep. Um, yep. Do you do you listen to that one? Yep. Yep. It's, absolutely. It, it's one of my favorites. I love listening to that one. Um, and then, uh, what was I going to say? So, um, geez, so he's on that podcast, and um, uh, I've totally lost my train of thought. Either way, uh, I I think it's amazing that it's not like they were myth, but they're actual people. And, you know, at least one of them is still out there enough that you can go and talk to him and, you know, learn from him. And based on what you were saying, you know, your, your systematic uh, CTA investing and everything, that's what made me think of, you know, if you would consider yourself a turtle or not. So. Yeah. Well, those guys, they do things slightly differently. Obviously now I'm really just long only um, equities. So they're a diversified uh, commodity trend following bunch but, you know, bringing up the likes of Jerry Parker and the fact that he's out there, you know, I, I think an interesting thing here that people overlook um, is you, if you listen between the lines of what he's saying and even read between the lines of some of these books, especially the Market Wizards books, um, the answers from these guys, you'll get a much deeper understanding of what they're actually talking about. I used to have a doctor friend um, and he would read, he would have a little huge bookshelf, if you like, of little tiny trophies. All these books, he's read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trading books. And he was the worst trader I've ever come across. He was absolutely shocking because he didn't really understand the key concepts of making money, you know, specifically positive expectancy and how that's generated and that kind of stuff. He had read hundreds of books and they sat on his bookshelf like little prizes and he, he gave himself a big pat on the back for being very knowledgeable in trading. But at the end of the day, he wasn't able to make much money from it simply because he didn't understand those concepts. So reading between the lines of a lot of these books uh, is a good way to really dig deep and understand what they're talking about. You know, speaking of reading between the lines, that's, that's where my head was going at a couple of minutes ago is... When they wrote Market Wizards, and I don't know if Jack Schwager meant to come off this way, but getting through that, um, I, I read all the Jack Schwager books this year. Um, there, there's almost this like arrogance, in my opinion. Hear me out. That originally traders were born. You could look at a chart, you could look at the price and be like, it's going to go up. And then it goes up and you're amazing. But then the thing with the turtles and, and with Richard Dennis, you know, having saying a rules-based approach could do just as well makes complete and total sense to me. Going back to your positive expectancy, you can backtest 
any system in the world now at any point in time. Whereas it's not like Ed Sakota, where you and I would have to go to MIT and hole away and hide away in their computer lab to figure that out. But a systematic trend-based approach totally works. And any anyone who can follow the rules of that can be successful. Do you agree? Well, absolutely. I agree. Um, a few things on that. You know, it's all good and well to be able to access the technology, which we can very easily and very cheaply these days. That's one thing for sure. Um, however, you still need to understand these core concepts. You still need to do that coding and programming correctly. You still need to be able to build a portfolio. And at the end of the day, you still need to be able to pull the trigger on a consistent basis, i.e. I, you've got to have the psychological fortitude to do this stuff. And I think that's the big tripping block for most people. Um, I'm a firm believer the difference between an amateur trader and a professional trader is the ability to keep pulling pulling the trigger, making the next trade regardless of what's going on. Drawdowns are inevitable mm -hmm. and everybody has drawdowns, but it's the ability to see through that drawdown, see it out, um, move through that difficult period that's uncomfortable and then see that positive expectancy come back out again. You know, positive expectancy ebbs and flows. You can go on great streaks. Last year, record year for me, um, five of the eight systems that I trade last year made in excess of 50%. Uh, the biggest one returned 97%. The one that returned 97% last year just went straight into a 25% drawdown at the start of this year, and it's trying to dig itself out. Now, you know, for the average punter, if you were up 97% last year, you could probably stick with that drawdown but if you started the strategy just before that drawdown well you're sort of asking the question what the hell is this guy doing right. um, and that's the difficult thing but i have 100 confidence in the strategy it's been tested over years and decades of data different market situations and we've seen all these situations before they're all slightly different um, but you know it's a matter of sticking with it over the longer term that's the key and for amateurs you know, they come into a little bit of a drawdown or they go for two or three months without making new equity highs. And it's more like, mm, must be something better out there. And they flick the switch and go somewhere else. And that's their endeavor, I think. Uh, they, they chase their tails, they chase performance. And as a result, they never actually see, they never allow that uh, long-term expectancy, positive expectancy to actually be seen. And I right. think that's a big difference, you know. Yes. So let's talk about the Chartist.com. AU. Um, I, I was looking at it here and it says you trade the growth portfolio, U.S. power setups and U.S. momentum strategies. What uh, what does that mean? <laughs> so one of the things that we've evolved over the years with the charter. So we we launched this business really back in 1998, but in its current format since 2005. So we've been around for a long time. And one of our sort of mantras is that we'll trade right alongside you. So a number of the portfolios that we offer inside of the Chartist, the systematic portfolios, my wife and I personally trade right alongside and disclose our own positions to our clients. And the whole idea is that that gives them some confidence. You know, I don't have people ringing me up saying, oh, you know, I've had a losing trade or the last month I've lost money. That doesn't happen because people know that, 
we're going through the same thing and we heavily educate our clients on what's to be expected. You know, if, if clients do fully understand that these losing periods and the size of the drawdowns and whatever are going to come along, then they should accept that before they commit to the journey. And if that is the case, then there's no point bringing me up halfway through a drawdown and saying what's going on. Um, so there's a number of different portfolios. So the growth portfolio is my original trend following strategy that I started trading back in the late 90s, continue to trade it almost in its exact same format today. So there's probably people listening to this that think trading systems break. Well, this is much the same trading system that I've been trading since the late 90s. So that's 20 plus years. Um, and it ebbs and flows as well. You know, it's a long only equity strategy that trades the Australian market. Uh, it's detailed in one of my books called Unholy Grails. And it's more or less straight out of that book. So pretty simple kind of a strategy um, and creates positive expectancy. It's just a matter of pushing the, pushing the buttons. Um, the other ones there, you know, we've got the ASX momentum and the US momentum. So the US momentum, uh, it's having a good year this year. Last year, it made 57%. This year, we're up about 28% or so, so far year to date. It's a momentum strategy that trades once a month on the uh, broad Russell 1000 index, and it uses volatility position sizing. So your portfolio will vary depending on the volatility of the market. Sometimes there'll be 12 positions, sometimes there could be 18 or 20 positions. And all of these portfolios go to cash during a sustained bear market. So uh, we were very lucky uh, last year with, with March, we were actually out of the market, sitting in 100% cash when that sell-off came along. And then we went fully invested again in June, on June the 1st, and got the end-of-year strength that came powering back. So last year was a classic example why systematic trading is just so valuable. Um, as I said earlier, five of my eight portfolios made in excess of 50%. Now, when March occurred, I dead set thought we were going to go through some sort of 1970s situation, you know, a multi-year bear market that was going to be deep and dark. Yet, this pump that we had by the central banks created that V-shaped bottom and we ripped right out of that. I had absolutely no expectation something like that was going to occur. Um, and if I had been a discretionary trader, I would not have been involved in any way, shape or form. But being systematic, and I remember vividly, it was on my Twitter feed that I said I was going 100% long on June the 1st. Now, June the 1st last year was when all those riots were occurring in the US. Mm. And I remember a lot of pushback on Twitter going, you're a fool. You know, we're in the, in the midst of this pandemic. There's going to be tens of thousands of deaths, economic carnage. We've got violence in the US. The whole world's falling apart. Why the heck would you want to go long? But... That's what pushing the button is all about. And the thing here with doing that, you know, there's a simple explanation, as you touched on right at the very beginning. If the decision to go long was the wrong decision, then I know my strategies would have got me out again. It's yeah. as simple as that. That's I've got no, I've got nothing to worry about if I make the wrong decision because the strategy will actually then get me out. I'm not committed to any decision I make. It's a fluid event. The fact that I go 100% long doesn't mean that's a commitment for the next 10 years. It may be a commitment just for the next two weeks, the next month, whatever it may be. So I can rely on my strategy getting me out if the decision is actually wrong. So that's where you get a lot of confidence from. 
You know, I think that most novice or or longtime traders and investors who don't like grasp the idea of being flexible to market conditions wouldn't understand. Um, Covell made the, a great example in um, in the trend following book. He was like, if the stock is going from 10 to 100, you can get in at 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. You just know when you're going to get out and you can ride the elevator or the, the escalator all the way out up. But when when the elevator doors start to open and you see, you know, signs of uh, things going wrong, be the weakest hands and get out first before everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And again, last year, you know, um, a big trade for me last year was in Tesla. I think my average entry price, um, well, the original entry price was about $41. Now, last year, a lot of our strategies just piled into Tesla and um, we just rode it all the way up. I remember uh, on the pre-split price, I think it got to about $600 or so, $650. And our strategies were still getting long. And a lot of people were saying, this is just crazy, you know, just crazy. And it just kept on going and going and going. And look, those trades don't come along all the time, but they do come along if you've got the patience to hang around. And I'm talking not necessarily months, but years. Those big life-changing trades like those Teslas will come along. I've had them before. I remember vividly in the late 90s riding timber, um, you know, we had a lumber trade going on in the futures market and it just went limit up, limit up, limit up day after day. I think I remember 12 limit up days in a row and you just sat there and you didn't have to do anything and it's just ching, 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 ching. So it doesn't happen all the time. Um, and as I said, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. Um, I don't call myself lucky for being on Tesla. I was just following the strategy and that's what the strategy is designed to do, find the strongest stock stay on it while it remains strong um, and away you go. But as I said, if it, if it turns the corner, you're off. Um, I guess the analogy I like to use for trend following that I've used quite a lot before is, is like a hitchhiker. Um, you know, if we want to hitchhike from, um, you know, Dallas across to Fort Lauderdale, for example, the first thing we're going to do is go out to the motorway and stand on the right side, you know, on the right lane. That's where we're going to stand because I'm tipping a car going to Fort Lauderdale is going to be in the right lane, not the left lane. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing we know is we don't know which car is going to stop, but we know if we stand there long enough with our thumb out, we're going to get a ride. And the same with the stock market. We don't know which stock's going to go up, but we know some stock somewhere will eventually go up and we just jump on it. And when the car stops, we hop in. When we hop in, we don't know how far that ride is going to take us. Right. It may take us to the border. It may take us all the way to Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. And you don't know that. Um, and the same with the stocks. We don't know. We didn't. I didn't know Tesla was going to do what Tesla did last year. I had no idea. But whilst it kept doing what it was doing, we stayed on it for the ride. And only when it turned did we hop off. And uh, that's the whole idea of trend following, just hitchhiking. That's basically all we're doing. I it's so great to hear that from you because I, I I consider myself a trend follower um, as well in the same regard that um, you know I'm not predicting anything, but if the stock's going up, I might play along too. And then when the stop stop when the stop stock stops going up, I might just jump off and try a different one instead. 
Yeah. So what would you give, like, if you were to give one piece of trading advice or trading wisdom uh, over the last, you know, you said nearly 36 years, what would that be? What, what, what could you boil it down to something just basic and simple? I guess the mantra that I use all the time is next thousand trades. That's, that's my mantra. One trade should not make or break you. Um, you've got to be there. It's a long-term game. It's not a short-term thing. You know, we see this stuff going on with cryptos. Um, there's probably some people there thinking they're pretty smart. I'd say they're pretty lucky. You know, that's really all it comes down to. Do that for the next 36 years and we'll see how smart you are. But if, yeah, you, if you've done so. it once, um, I'd, I'd call you probably lucky. And it's same with these, uh, these guys on the GameStop, um, you know, those kind of things that happen. Um, you're just lucky. Nothing, nothing more than that. Do this over thousands of trades over years and then we'll talk about having street smarts. Um, so my little mantra that you'll see on my Twitter handle quite a lot is next thousand trades. And that means one trade's not going to make or break you. Uh, it's a long-term game. Uh, if you do have a loss, hey, if you've got positive expectancy, that will come to light in due course. You just have to be there to allow it to happen. And that's where it really comes down to. So uh, patience, long-term application of a simple strategy, things like that would be my advice. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like money management is key to, um, to, the, to the methods of trading that you, you preach. Is that correct? Absolutely. You know, it comes down to cutting the cutting the losses, letting the profits run. Um, that's it. You know, I think, um, you know, my average loss for some of my portfolios is about, you know, 0.4 of a percent, very, very small. Um, and that's really what it comes down to, keeping those losses small. I trade a variety of different portfolios, more conservative ones. That's where that applies. But I do trade some aggressive ones that are specifically designed to be aggressive. You know, my uh, tradelongterm.com website, which is my US website, that's an aggressive tech-based momentum strategy. That's the one that made 97%. Now, that's going to give you a bit more of a ride, but it's designed to be aggressive. It's designed to have outside returns, outsized returns. Um, so come, with that comes a little bit more volatility and a bit more of a ride. So it's a matter of the individual saying, okay, what's my risk appetite? Am I going to be able to deal with that? There's no point having a strategy that makes 97% return if you can't wear the drawdown that goes with it. It doesn't matter how good the strategy is. If you can't handle the pain, then you're not going to be able to see the gain at the end of the day. So um, keeping your risk in check is very, very important to be able to travel the journey. That makes a ton of sense. Nick, where could we send people to learn more about you? Sure. The easiest place is just through our uh, website, thechartist.com.au. Um, there's a contact page there. You're more than welcome to uh, drop me an email. Happy to ask any questions or you can get me on, on Twitter at The Chartist. Um, so, yeah, plenty of words of wisdom. We do a, a free weekly newsletter on all things systematic trading if people are interested in that. And as I said, happy to answer any questions should any of your uh, listeners have any. You know, Nick, I got to tell you, I love how you boil it down to the simplicity of this. Um, a trader who, well, I, I'll say personally, the longer that I've traded, the simpler I've made things. And so 
Um, I, I feel that that's not uh, unusual. <laughs> you start out with every indicator in the world. And by the end of the day, you've kind of just thrown most of them away. Oh, look, absolutely. You know, we, we run a high-end mentoring course for systematic trading. And so the, the clients in that program, they have to design and build and implement their own systematic trading system. And we recently had an example of uh, one guy that came in there and his strategy that he designed had about eight entry criteria. And I said, look, that's all good and well and fine. But now what we're going to do is we're going to take each one of those out independently and see what it's actually adding to the bottom line. And he eventually took six out of those eight out of the strategy. Um, And we came back to the bare bones of what a trend following strategy really is. And, um, and, And look, the reason being is that the more complex your strategy is, the the answer to the question, what's wrong with my strategy is more difficult to answer. You know, um, if you have a basic trend following strategy that goes into drawdown, you should be able to look at the market and see why. Okay. If the market's going sideways and you're getting chopped, um, then you can explain the drawdown. It's when you can't explain the drawdown, that's where you've got to be worried. So if you've got a rampaging bull market and you've got a long equities Um, trend-following strategy that's losing money, then that's hard to explain why, what's going on there. So um, if you can explain why your strategy is in a drawdown, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly normal. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, So, yeah, if the more complex your strategy is, then you're probably less likely to really understand um, why, why it's working in the first place or why it's not working, why it's in drawdown, what's going on. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Well, Nick, thank you so much for for coming on today. I want to make sure everyone heads over to thechartist.com.au to learn more about you and your services and really appreciate your time. Pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to chat today. You're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're gonna find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. <laughs> and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading.
Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter, and I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. TimminusStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimminusStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimminusStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.